0: You're listening to the Success Women's Conference podcast. Success doesn't come wrapped in only one package. We know every woman has their own story, their own journey to take. We're here to share those stories and join in the journey, helping each woman to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to create her own kind of success. It with a spark, with a spark. Hey guys, we're back. I am very excited. For my next guest And who you guys get to be introduced to And if you're coming to the conference You'll get to hear her live She is one of our amazing Uh, main speakers who are coming to the stage, Ms. Deborah Gardner. She is a swimming champion, author, and competitive performance expert. Um, She helps companies and organizations advance to new levels of success to achieve maximum winning results. Um, She is an expert when it comes to experience in providing higher sales, better negotiation, customer service, and leadership skills, delivering for hundreds of her clients with her essay and fun approach. And she is better known as the pit in a skirt, <laughs> recently voted Meetings and Convention Magazine's favorite speaker. Welcome, Miss Deborah Gardner.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is thrilling. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yes, we're really excited to have you. Um, You are one of our um, sought-after speakers that we're excited to hear. Um, And everyone that's listening now to the podcast is going to get kind of a sneak preview of you. Um, So you guys, if you haven't gotten your tickets, you'll want to after this because, Deborah, you have a really amazing story. Um, So they call you a pit bull in a skirt. Kind of walk me through, how did you attain this name? Um, Have you always been the pit bull?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes we are too close to who we really are. And sometimes we get so emotionally attached to who we are. Um, It's nice when somebody from the outside takes a look at you and says, you know, this is who you really are. And it all developed uh, when I finally got into the speaking arena. And uh, I, I found out that I'm not the type to. You know, get on stage and say, "Here's the ten steps to sales," or "Here's the ten steps to be successful." Instead, I'm I'm right there, um, right in the audience, right there with everybody because I've been there, done that. And to get my message through, uh, my delivery, my sassy delivery style (laughs) is has has been developed by Fortune 500 companies, and uh, now that industry knows me and as as the pit bull (laughs) in the skirt. (laughs) Plus
0: I always wore a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really interesting where you've arrived because, um, for those of you who do know not, do not know, Deborah, she is a champion swimmer. That that is what she her background is. But you have an interesting story about when you were a child that you were actually afraid to even go near a swimming pool.
1: <laughs> well, yes, as, you know, a young child in uh, growing up in one of the hottest areas in the United States, Yuma, Arizona, uh, and my parents wanted to keep all of us kids really busy and keeping us, you know, out of trouble, <laughs> so they took us to the local pool, which was called the John F. Kennedy Pool, and uh, they thought, you know, if you had swim lessons or join a team of some sort that would keep us really busy. And I'll never forget the, the very first practice that we went to, my brother, sister, and I. Uh, we had our, our test was to swim across the, the short end of the pool. And I, I just remember jumping in um, and starting to swim. And I guess I just had this vision that there was this shark chasing me. And as it was chasing me, I wanted to get to the other end so fast and literally got out really fast, started crying. (laughs) And I said to my parents, don't ever take me back to that pool again without really telling them the story until later this all came out. um, And I just kept crying and crying the rest of the day and just saying that was just a terrible experience. Well, the irony was the next morning... I literally had to get my parents up out of bed and said, look, I need to go back to practice. I need to go back in that pool and face that shark. (laughs) And and I'm still now looking for that shark to this day. (laughs) I can't seem to find him. But that vision really um, made a difference to me to want to try to jump in again, or as they say, dive in again. Um, and, And I haven't quit since I was seven years old. Wow, that's
0: a really awesome thing at seven years old to have such determination. I think I would have just stayed away (laughs) and never gotten back in the pool. So so how did you get into competitive swimming? Um, I know that you you said you haven't stopped swimming since you were seven, so how did that evolve?
1: Right. Um, I actually uh, started developing the techniques and the strategies and the skills while enjoying my swimming. But then I I started to have a coach. I believe now how important coaches are. So once I was under the wing of of a coach, things started to fall into place that I never realized the talents that I had in the pool. And so one thing led to another. Before you know it, I ended up uh, at Arizona State University in college there to actually swim and uh, all the way through the Olympic trials, which um, I was really excited about in my early twenties. I thought, gosh, you know, looking back of swimming all those years since I was seven, all those practices mm-hmm. and and, and, and oh, just all those swim meets that my parents would sit on the side and time my, my events and all that work put into it. And uh, just that, idea of having a dream to go to the Olympics was always there. I just never really thought I would go there. And uh, here I I was, 21 years old, ready to go. However, (laughs) this was 1980. And that was the year that we ended up, the United States ended up boycotting I'll never forget it. January 23rd, 1980. Wow. uh, We got the news that the U.S. boycotted Russia, and we did not get to go. So that was a very crushing experience, um, very depressing time of my life um, because I was just, you know, I had two more years of swimming, and I I remember being in my dorm, calling my parents and said, I'm going to quit swimming, and I'm going to quit school. But my parents... (laughs) They actually knocked some sense into me, which was good. Um, They said, you know, Deborah, if if you quit, you will regret it for the rest of your life. And they said, you know, one thing you have to remember is be proud of, of what you have accomplished. And now be proud of what you're about to accomplish. And and I got hairs coming up off my arms just thinking about it because that was a moment in time for me to realize, yeah, I can't quit. I have to finish. I I have to finish and see what else is, is ahead for me. Yeah, I didn't make this dream, but now I have an opportunity to open up for myself to another dream and uh, that's pretty much what happened i ended up continuing to swim and now that i'm swimming with with Olympians in our masters world the national world um it's been more rewarding now than ever before uh breaking national records left and right um at my age of 60 is is just as um, an accomplishment than when i was 21. as a matter of fact I actually beat one of my times from back in college. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and this is all a personal um, uh, journey for me. Everybody has their own journey, and yet the the best part about this is to take what really didn't matter or didn't didn't come to fruition for you, and know that there's a second chance. Yeah, there's always a second chance. Never to give up. And that is what I have learned the most about my entire career in, in the swimming world.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I, I I hear you, and I can just one the, the, your seven year old self was like, "We got to get back in that pool again." <laughs> right, we, right. But but um, I, I I'm not an Olympian, but I but I have played sports, and I understand when you say all of the practices, all of the many many practices. So you're in that water, and you reach the level that you do. But you look back and you just think, wow, all of those times. And there's so many times when you're in a practice that you just want to quit. You are physically tired. You may be vomiting because you're pushing yourself so hard. But I think that's amazing that, yeah.
1: And, you know, you brought up something a very good point, and that's the word practice. I think people and women in general don't spend time practicing their craft. Mm. Um, really understanding that practicing your skills, your techniques that you want to improve upon, it really comes down to how you spend time in that area. And eventually it will pay off. I'm, I'm, I'm not an Olympian, but I am a master's national champion. And, and to me, um, that is, has meant even more at this time of my life
0: absolutely so talk to me about the transitioning because you were saying about like the second maybe something didn't work out right and now you transition into what you're doing now because you are now the pit bull in the skirt (laughs) he's working with fortune 500 companies teaching different you know sales techniques and systems Um, talk to me about how that came um, to be
1: well, actually, uh, since you and I have that sports background, um, while I was in college, um, it, it actually happened by accident because when I was at when I was swimming so hard leading up to the Olympics, my my education background was just the general you know type of general studies. I really didn't know where I wanted to go mm-hmm. with my life after you know, trying for the Olympics. One day, um, someone from the athletic department at the university approached me about doing the public address announcing in the activity center, which holds about 14,000 people. And uh, the reason why they approached me on it was one, I couldn't work because I was, you know, swimming all the time. Um, But I had uh, the basketball Uh, knowledge as well because my family is in the basketball arena Mm -hmm. my dad's a coach, my brother played pro and all that kind of stuff. And they thought, well, I must know about it too. Little did they know I don't, but, uh, but I, you know, it's one of those fake it till you make it, it it does work. Um, So I took on the challenge again at the age of 21 uh, announcing the, uh, the the games at at the activity center. And I'll never forget my very first one um, because that is where what whatever happened there is what happened is what I am today. And that first game was against the Arizona State Sun Devils, that's their mascot name, against the U of A Wildcats. They are rivalries. This was the very first basketball game of the season. And I'll never forget putting on those big bulky um, headphones <laughs> and the big microphone and everything and looking around the arena I mean 14,000 people Wow <laughs> and uh, and on top of it CBS Sports ends up showing up so now my voice of God is going to be <laughs> not only throughout the arena but throughout you know the, the nation yeah. and uh, so I, I'll never forget the the uh, the referee looked at me and said, Start the game. And so all of a sudden I mentioned, you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. And after all the introductions, it was time to introduce the teams. And of course you introduced the home team first. So I said, ladies and gentlemen, now your are Arizona State Wildcats, <laughs> which means I introduced the wrong mascot to the wrong team. Yeah. Oh, my God. 14,000 people, all of a sudden, you could not hear a pen drop. But then, all of a sudden, they were booing. I mean, all you could hear were boos throughout the entire arena. They were throwing popcorn at me. They were throwing their Pepsi cups at me. <laughs> I went under the table with embarrassment. <laughs> I so, I, But yet, I'll never forget. Here, Here's a, a great lesson, because I'll never forget my boss who worked in the activity center i'll never forget his hand coming over the table over mine and he said you know deborah he said and his name's rich ripley believe it or not he said deborah just keep going just keep going and which gave me the strength to plop back in my chair put those big bulky microphone headset on and and just continue the game yeah and before you know it, the booze subsided. And and yes, the, the coach wanted me fired the next day, but you couldn't fire an athlete, student athlete. Um, but what it taught me about my boss was the support. Mm-hmm. Again, another type of coach was there. And sometimes to awaken your inner champion, you have to recognize those things. And I'll never forget that for him. But but to me, that was my very first speaking engagement. Yes. In other words, <laughs> by fourteen thousand people. Yes,
0: you jumped in. You jumped in two feet, everything, just all in. You dove right off the top diving board on that one.
1: Exactly, I did, and belly flopped big time. <laughs> uh, but but I've learned from it, and yeah. the support of my I consider two coaches right there uh, is is key, and and I really believe you know, behind every successful woman is herself. And I, you have to recognize it. Things take practice and, and takes confidence and, and to get back in, get back up and and dive again, jump in again. Uh, failure is going to happen. And, uh, here's the thing, you know, failure is an option, but yet if you're afraid to fail, you'll never know what to learn. Yeah. And those are lessons that I've learned.
0: Yes. So there's a running pattern, you know, sounds like you've had, well, and it's life, right? I mean, it's not necessarily just your story. We all have challenges and things that are crippling to us, whether they may be really huge things or just in our little world, it's something that's shaking us at the moment or that fear that's coming up. So what are some steps or some ways that you can now, in hindsight, look back and see that kept you going to now get to the things that you're proud of now and not giving up in those moments?
1: Oh, there are many um, areas, but the one that really sticks out that I would like to share is when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you respond to what's happening. That I believe is where your power is. And with that, you will learn from it. Um, you will be able to respond to things differently uh, than ever before, but it's a matter of, of slowing down to speed up. In other words, stop in your tracks and, and see what it is that you're able to control and what you're not able to control and leverage those two so that it does benefit you. And That's what I've been having to do all my life. Um, I, I grew up living in a trailer mm-hmm. and um, here I am now an entrepreneur. So as they say, you've come a long way, baby. Uh, I believe that every, every woman can, can have control over what they do. It's just a matter of, of recognizing what you can't control. And there's you know all kinds of skills, techniques and tips, that that help provide that, and, and one you and I just talked about is, is practice. Yeah. You know, if you're giving a speech, practice. If you want to have a conversation with somebody on the phone beforehand, practice. Um, it, it's okay to do that, um, and 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 you will succeed in the end.
0: Absolutely. So talk to me, Deborah. I, th- there's this thing that I keep seeing because you're this is this is I guess your motto. Awaken the inner champion, and you and you mentioned it in this talk. What what does that mean? Talk to me a little bit about that message.
1: Awakening your inner champion um, is about you know understanding that that as a hardworking woman in a highly competitive world, having goals is just not enough to succeed. You have to streamline. Your actions to those goals. It could be while you're making decisions. It could be while you're writing them down. Um, because we're dealing with every facet of our lives. I mean, it's chaotic. It, we're all in the fast lane. Yes. But yet, how you move from the slow lane to the fast lane in control is all about what goes on within you. And it could be a gut feeling. It could be from your experience. It could be from your expertise. It could be for advice from other people. But recognizing your inner champion, the, ta- the talents you have as well, and putting them to work, showcasing your strength. And a lot of it actually can come down as simply as the basics, the fundamentals, and paying attention to those as well. Um, so, Behind every successful woman is herself, and and the best place to realize that is is within your own self, and that's where awakening your inner champion comes from.
0: So I keep hearing you have a lot of what you're offering right now. I, I keep hearing self awareness, our own awareness of being an uh, uh, you know being an observer of your life, an observer of what's happening. Um, so is that something that you? Um, intentionally do? Do you sit down and maybe write out or h- how does one start to observe and start to be aware of oneself?
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's very, very good point because where do you start? Um, I'm a big believer that that me time is, is important to women. Um, again, the chaotic lifestyle that we all live in the fast lane, you know, working and living in the fast lane, Um, can be overwhelming. And sometimes if we just slow down, we'll speed up. So a matter of just stopping yourself in the tracks and and having me time. It could be meditation, a yoga session, Mm -hmm. going to a movie, um, having time to yourself, um, reading at night in your room before going to sleep turning the TV off, turning, you know, putting your phones away. We just don't have that much time for ourselves and we need to get that control back. And therefore, you'll be able to spend time thinking about what is important to you. And also, ha- you know, thinking about, like you said, having that self-awareness and and, and being in touch with yourself is what we really need to pay attention to, and I, I think that is the starting point. Yeah. It's just a matter of taking action to make sure you you block that segment of time out of the day for yourself, even if it's ten minutes, twenty minutes, an hour. Every woman needs that time. They need that me time.
0: Absolutely, if we yeah. do. You're you're right. Uh-huh. There's so there's so much. We are. Juggling so much that we're dealing with, and a lot of times we're we're the very last little box on our list. <laughs> and a lot of times, then the box gets shifted over to maybe the next day, or we'll just put a little yeah. bit further. I, I literally have a calendar. I'm, li- I'm seriously thinking loves. this. I have a I have a calendar at the beginning of each month. It's like, what are your goals? And then I'll look back at the the one before, and I'm like, oh man, I got to shift this one back over <laughs> to the next month. But, but I think that's so true. Now, you, you mentioned that now you're an entrepreneur. Um, talk to me a little bit about what kind of advice or tips would you give to someone who's out there who is wanting to make the transition into entrepreneurship?
1: Ah, that's, thank you for bringing that to, uh, to light here because this is actually um, fairly new in my business model. Um, I'm actually working on an e-commerce online business to be part of that. Um, because having a variety in your business um, definitely helps. You know, there's some rumblings that the economy is, is going to change. And I'm a big believer. The economy dictates what we do. Um, not that we want it to control us, mm-hmm. but we have to be aware again <laughs> of it, um, so that we know how to strategize our business models. And every woman should have a business model of their own, um, whether it's it's part of strategies or goals or. Or just just your type of model because, and and not what everybody else is doing. As a matter of fact, I'm the type of person when somebody zigs, I zag just to find different things to do. But to get into the entrepreneur world, it's a matter of doing your homework and reading more business books on 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 how to get into that world um, also talking and, and hanging out with those that are in that arena mm-hmm. i'm a big believer you become who you hang out with so think about who you are hanging out with and if these people in your life are holding you back it's time to clean your closet and hang out with those that are going to propel you forward. Um, So, reading, uh, hanging out with the right people, studying other people um, that are successful uh, is part of being an entrepreneur. And speaking the language as well, the terminology, and um, being involved with other organizations, not just women organizations, but other organizations so you can get that vast knowledge from other areas so you can creatively bring new ideas into your business model. Um, so it depends on what you would like to do as an entrepreneur. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to be hanging out in the, the e-commerce online world, uh, but uh, every woman deserves to be an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. I really love so in talking with you, I'm just seeing the dots connect on how you being an athlete has informed what you do in you know in your now role as an entrepreneur because I can see you still taking on coaches and surrounding yourself with those that can help guide you. I can see you still studying and being someone who is just absorbing you know whatever it is that you're trying to learn. Um, I think that's incredible and it is a very hard discipline to be an athlete especially when you go to higher levels of competition. Um, So I think that that's a great skill to bring into um, the business side of things and just in life in general. So I'm very excited to hear your talk at Success Women's Conference because I think that you're going to just rock the house. The women have already been responsive to you and what you're going to talk about. So tell me what you're looking forward to most um, and what you're going to be talking about.
1: Oh, I am just so excited for this conference. Um, I do quite a few women conferences, but this one has a unique uh, 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 twist to it. Um, It's very, very personable. And so I believe that uh, especially working with the staff has just been unbelievable. And this is how this is how you operate a business model i can't even imagine what it's going to be like when i get there because i believe all the women that attend this conference are going to really walk away with some major not some but major golden nuggets. Yes. Um, I I looked at the lineup and I cannot wait to be in the audience for these speakers (laughs) myself um, and meeting everyone. I believe, I believe um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be staying a couple days because I really want to spend some time with those that are going to be attending and, and, the, the program that I'm going to be offering is very interactive. So I look forward to sticking around and, and hearing other stories, yeah. other women's stories and, and what they might have learned from the program and all the other speakers' programs, too. It is going to be a complete blast. I cannot <laughs> wait. I've already got it out there on social media <laughs> links and letting everybody to know about it. And some people are like, oh, tell me more. And so it is going to be a great, great time. I'm looking forward to it. It
0: is. It's going to be phenomenal, and like Deborah is saying, you get to be amongst like she was saying the the people you hang around, the people you surround yourself with. So a conference is always a great place to start if you don't already have a network that you're you know reflecting the things that you're trying to do or who you want to be in life. Um, this is a great start to really kick off that group. There's so many stories of conferences where people come together, especially this one, and then there are they are lifetime you know friends or they've now built this connection with women, and they come back every year, and they now are accountability partners. So keep that in mind, and then you're going to get to hear Deborah, who who is going to rock the house, and I cannot – I just can't wait to hear more about your story and about awakening that inner champion. But um, – so I'm thinking a little bit back to your seven-year-old self, and <laughs> – we're about to head out, but I'm just really thinking back to how afraid a seven-year-old may feel of a thought maybe that a shark is, you know, swimming up behind her while she's in the water, and I really liken that to how many of us feel stuck and have this fear that is something chasing us, and we don't know if we want to get back in the water. If there's a if there's a woman or just a person listening to this podcast who's in a place of fear like that and they just they're just feeling like they're drowning or they're just feeling like there's this thing that's chasing them and they don't want to try again. What would you say to them?
1: Oh gosh this, that's the, I think the best thing is to um, recognize as we mentioned earlier, but to say it, to communicate it to others. Um, So that we all, because we, like you said, we all have that, have a fear Mm -hmm. and yet the fears are all connected through the, through the experiences that we've all gone through. And I, I'm just a big believer. You can't change what goes around you until you change what goes on within you. Mm. And the best way to do that is to share your story, share that fear Because somebody has something very similar and or has advice to help you with that fear as well. Um, Because here's the thing, you're you're never too young or too old to, to hustle. Yeah. And so we're all in it together. And that fear is a constant. But yet... It could be subsided by actually just sharing it with other people, just releasing it. It's, it's a big, huge release yeah. when you when you talk about it to others. And uh, I, that's what I do today. And I feel tons better about it. I'm not embarrassed by it. Um, I, I still have fears today. But the only way you can control something you can't control is to talk about it and let other people know about it. Um, Only you can make it happen. And the only way to continue to learn is is to share. And one of those great places to do that is at the conference. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Well, I look forward to seeing you there, Deborah. Guys, go ahead and get your tickets if there's any left at this point because people are ready to come out to this conference. We are looking at upwards of 2,000 women, so I am so excited. Go to successconference.info. All right, Deborah. so let everyone know where they can keep in touch with you and connect with you and let us know what you have coming up.
1: Oh, excellent. Yes. Um, Boy, the best way to get a hold of me is is Um and uh, I'm on every social media link you can think of. Happy to be on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn as well. And you know, I really encourage women to contact me now because if you've got some questions pertaining, to, uh, to the program, I certainly would love to have the opportunity to uh, to present what, what you're looking for, you know, when it comes to awakening your inner champion. Happy to hear any questions or, or comments that will help you uh, search for any answers that you want to to know about. But uh, yeah, just through www.debragardner.com.
0: So I heard you have a book that's coming out. Tell me a little bit about your book project.
1: Oh, yes. I'm very excited about this because um, Successful Women's Conference is going to be the first one to know about this. And I will have those on hand there. It's called Life in the Fast Lane, 52 Tips for Women to Get Off the Block and Go. And I'm really excited about this because I've always liked utilizing my swimming analogies. and, And I want women to know that You know, you don't have to stand there. You can go. And I'm hoping these 52 tips that I actually was able to interview other entrepreneurs about. So, it's not only what I'm thinking that will help, but a lot of other successful women are involved in this as well. And in addition to this book being there, my new edition, the second edition to my other book called How to Sell to Men Without Wearing a Low-Cut Dress. is also going to be available too. <laughs> <laughs> I love these titles. <laughs> I know, right? And this one's really fun because um, part of the talk has to do with you know how do you communicate with the other gender? How does that work in today's world, fast lane world? And I'm going to actually showcase how that how that actually works. So I'm excited for both of these books to be available um, at the successful women's conference.
0: So we have a Success Women's Conference exclusive that is happening right now. Not only are we going to get the debut launch and release of Deborah's new book, you listeners, listen up. This is where you want to pay attention. So if you're working, stop for just one second. If you leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes, you have the chance of winning both, not one, but two, both of Deborah Gardner's books. So be sure to do that. But guys, now it's your turn. You heard Deborah's story and a little bit that she shared. I want you to just take time right now and really take time for yourself. As she was saying, what's, what's that me time that you can plug into your um, schedule right now? What, what Even if it's just turning off the TV, even if it's once the kids have gotten down at night, take time for yourself and then get that thought out of that fear. Be observant, be aware of what's going on in your life and be willing to share. Because once you've said it, guess what? The boogeyman's not there anymore. It's out, it's not in you, it's not consuming your mind release that fear today hey and let us know in the comments if you're enjoying this podcast if you want to share what you've um, done with your me time you can definitely share with us on facebook and if you're enjoying this podcast so many of you guys are letting us know you're really loving the content you're getting show us some love rate us on itunes um, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and until next time that's the success women's conference podcast